Welcome to Disney Parks and Beyond, a Disney podcast about theme parks and all things Disney from the After Dark Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disney Parks and Beyond. I am Nick, and on this episode, I am joined by P Dubs. Hello. I am joined by Mr. D. Mr. D in progress. Ooh. And uh, the jewel in the crown, of course, that is Sinead. Hello. Yes. How are we all doing? Doing fine. Good. Good. All good. All good. Good, good. I bet we're all parched. So let's crack right on as we should uh, always start with these shows, and see what everybody's drinking. So, in fact, I think this is the quickest I've ever got to this bit, but I'm thirsty. Um, Mr. D, what are you drinking? Okay, so I have got a Schoffenhofer grapefruit beer, which has got an Orlando connection, because you can actually buy this in all the Disney resorts. You can. you got a tall boy as well. I saw saw a picture of your can. Where did you get yours from? Same place as I got my peanut butter um, stout last week, Whole Foods uh, in London. Actually, that is nice. You ever tried that grapefruit? Yeah, I've, I've grapefruit drunk it on beer. here. I've drunk yeah. it on here about three or four times. That is nice. I like that because I've been I've been buying. So my my local Asda and of course other supermarkets are available. They mm. were selling it, and it was about one pound twenty a can. And then the other week they were clearing it at seventy p. So I bought what they had left, which is about six or seven cans. But in, in Asda, they only sold 330 cans. Yeah. You've got a proper one. Like, that is the size that you would get around Disney property. Yeah, that's right. That's one of the biggies. How many says? I don't even like... I don't even like grapefruit. But that is a really nice drink. But um, it's about 2.5%. Yeah, it is. that's what it says. 2.5%. Yeah. It's not... It's 500 ml. Yeah. You got a big boy. Speaking about big boys, P-Dubs. I am drinking fresh air. I didn't bother to get a drink tonight. I don't know why. What's going to happen <laughs> Like towards the end of the show when your voice goes all funny? Uh, I'll crash and burn. It's fine. Fair enough. <laughs> you really should be drinking alcohol, P-Dubs, because that really goes well with Pfizer. A Pfizer yeah, I tonic. heard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, other, other vaccines are apparently available, but... Mm-hmm. Depends on where you are in the country. Um, Sinead, what are you drinking? I have got a sugar-free apple and blackcurrant because I'm terrifically excited this evening. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Living the dream. Is right. there some Jameson's in that? Or? No, just water. <laughs> oh, wow. That's not, that's not like you. I know. Um, it was a heavy weekend. There was a half a bottle of Prosecco. It didn't end well. Yes. I, I, you, um, yes, I saw I saw pictures. I won't, we won't discuss your, your night. Um, but you you attended a virtual award ceremony. I did indeed. And you look very dapper. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's all I'm... right though. Uh, Craig sent me a message saying that the person I was in the photo with was a hunk, and that was a hilarious message to get yesterday. <laughs> uh, to, to be fair, I mean, I'm not, but I would. That's <laughs> that's how I'll leave that conversation. To be honest, the more I say that, the more I think, actually, am I? Maybe I am. I don't know. This could be a real awakening for me. Um, I didn't want to say you scrub up because that would suggest that you don't look nice normally. But, um, but oh no, you... it's definitely a scrub up. It's fine. 
<laughs> glow that's up. That's absolutely true. Isn't that, what it, isn't that what the cool kids call it now? Glow up. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm 38 this year. I've got no idea what's cool. Um, I did find a new drink though, and Ooh, um, yeah, I mean, I'm really into hard seltzer. I think hard seltzer is great, and I've just found a new one. Which is, and I mean, uh, unfortunately, Boston obviously uh, isn't on the network. Although we're hoping to have her on for a Universal show soon, but um, I know she'd appreciate this. It's a Bud Light seltzer, Ooh. and it is passion fruit flavored. And unlike your drink, Mister D, it is a four percent, mm-hmm. which is not particularly strong for a seltzer, a hard seltzer. Mm-hmm. But there you go, ninety-five calories, and it sounds oh like that. So nice. oh, immediately. It smells like passion fruit. It's got a really strong smell. I bet it tastes like absolute piss. That's actually really nice. I'll tell that back. Is it beery? No. So what hard seltzer is? Oh, no, I know what hard seltzer is. I just assumed because it was Bud Light that it might be beery. So I wasn't sure. Essentially, all of any beer brand now is making hard seltzer. Oh, fair. Why not? Because the, I think the thing, I mean, I don't know, but I'm assuming the marketing image is a lot of women don't drink beer. I think more women drink beer now, but it always was associated as more of a masculine thing, wasn't yeah. it? Women that drank beer had a, you know, oh, look at that, which I never got, but hey ho, that's the world. So I think now, just because uh, it's easy to make and easy to market, you just brand it. Um, your own thing so yeah um, yeah that's that's good passion fruit Ooh. Bud Light Seltzer two pound um, in some supermarkets I guess I found mine in Asden again other supermarkets are available but there you go um, right uh, I think we should go and have a look at what is going on in the parks After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. So, um, anybody want to go first? I'll jump in first. Please do. Um, So, last year... um, Ample Hills Creamery at the boardwalk uh, went into bankruptcy uh, and closed. Oh, Um, don't. You're upset me. No, but this is good news, Mr. Day. I know. The boardwalk ice cream shop has opened its doors as the replacement, uh, inspired by Beaches and Cream across the way at Beach Club. Yay. But boo. So it's not going to have the... So I'm assuming, because I never went I've never been to the boardwalk, so I don't know. But I'm I'm guessing the ice cream you got at Beaches and Cream was different to what you would get at the creamery. Yeah, yeah. Whilst yeah. now you're still you're going to get whatever the, the regular ice cream is that's available on property. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Edie's Edie's ice cream is this kind of standard ice cream, which is good. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, Ample Hills was had lots of different flavors, not 
not the kind of standard flavours. It was a lot of Yeah, well, I'm just looking at the menu and there are some strange flavours. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what's I'm the not going to lie. Um, so we've got uh, Rainbow Sherbet is in there. Okay. Um, uh, then you've got your usual... Oh, there's a Butter Pecan flavour. Hang yeah. on, I'm going to stop you just ro- one second right there, right? Because this is something that I never found out until I was much older than I should have been. So when you say sherbet, yeah. that's what we would call sorbet. Yeah. Is this? Yeah. So oh. I don't know why. And do you know how I found this out? I found this out watching an episode of Mad Men. Right? Because, and I don't know, this this might not make any sense to anybody, So, which would is likely because I'm, I'm saying it, right? But the first time I ever heard... Um, of sherbet being mentioned in anything American was in Austin Powers when he um, was trying to um, hypnotize Christian Slater as a security guard to get him some orange sherbet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, towards, towards the end of the film, he comes back with some orange sherbet, which came in like, you know, an ice cream kind of container. But I just thought that was a bit weird, but I didn't think anything of it. And it wasn't until I watched an episode of Mad Men where they went out and bought some sherbet that I was like, hang on a second, that's sorbet, that's not sherbet. And then I, I looked it up, and sure enough, it is the um, American equivalent to sorbet. That's so weird. I know. Same language, different words. Don't get me started on cilantro. Sorry, Peter. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, so, yeah, we've got butter pecan, coffee, strawberry, and chocolate vanilla swirl are the ice cream flavors they mention. Um, but then you've got toppings, marshmallows, strawberries, pineapple, peanut butter, hot fudge, caramel, chocolate syrup, uh, toasted almonds. Um, so you've got a whole host of things to, to put on top as well um, in varying disguises, uh, different sundaes and all sorts of things. Yeah, it's good. Uh, nice it's to have good one to... back there. It belongs there. It is, yeah. There's always been one there because before Ample Hills, it was um, seashore treats, I think. Yeah. So it was probably the same ice cream. I think it was probably Edie's back then, and then and that was a ice cream place and uh, like a it sold fudge and you know chocolate and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then Ample Hills moved in, and now we're kind of back to the uh, kind of standard ice cream, which is still good. It's just a shame that Ample Hills is gone because they were going to open. Um, a branch in Disney Springs as well, but I think that's gone by the by as well. Yeah, I mean, I love Ghirardelli. Like the, I love the ice cream in there. Um, so that would have probably been a bit of a tough crowd having something so established there. Did, I mean, I suppose you could get more stuff in Ghirardelli, but it would have still been competition, right? Because the main selling point in yeah. Ghirardelli, other than the shop that sells chocolate, is the ice cream sundaes, but. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it is. It is a shame. And variety is good, right? That's, yeah, that's yeah. the thing you're missing out on now. Is the is that you you had something new to have? You had something different you could have. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it open already, P Dubs? Yes. Yeah, it opened over the weekend. I think it was Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I can just inform the listeners know. Uh, now that I am not going to be asking uh, Luke for a review, um, 
you know, unless he actually goes there, then I then I might ask him to do one. But I'm not going to certainly send him down there just to try some ice cream for us. But yes, that's good. As you say, it's it's good that you know they've got something else there now. It's a shame it's not what it was before. But hey yeah. ho. Be interesting to see what happens with Emble because I think a lot of companies, you know, at the start of this, um, what do we call it? Pandemic malarkey? I don't know anymore. Um, but I think you know you got a lot of cust- uh, a lot of companies that obviously went through hard times, a lot kind of either closed or went into bankruptcy. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what happens now as we start to come out of that. Like, are some of these brands going to get resurrected? Mm. Yeah, in some form, but a lot of them will, won't they? Like we've seen over here, that a lot of them have become been bought out and become online only. Well, you're not going to get ample heels on online. No, well, no, <laughs> but it could well turn up in a supermarket instead. Yeah, you you yeah. can actually. I don't think they ship to they don't ship to us, but they actually no. ship nationwide. That well, I know. As soon as I, as soon as the words come out of my mouth, I thought I I know of at least one place in this country that I can buy ice cream from online. <laughs> Admittedly, it's vegan, but even so, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure you have to keep it at a very cold temperature still. So, yeah, but but if anybody does go to well, Disney World or anywhere in the states, I guess on holiday, you can order yourself some ample hills if you're really missing the ooey gooey butter cake. So in that case, if they're still online. Mm-hmm. Then it suggests to me they're still going. It's just they've had to close some locations. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So yeah, who knows? Post post pandemic, we might you know they might resurrect some shops. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Um, Shanae, did you have anything you wanted to talk about in particular? I did. I know we don't generally cover DLP, but. Big thing that's happened is that it's reopening on June 17th um, and the new Marvel Hotel is going to be opening on the 21st of June. But more surprisingly, I was having a poke around Disney Parks blog earlier and they actually have a DLP section on the homepage now, which I was shocked about. No, don't don't talk. They do, I swear. Are you telling me that the Walt Disney Company have suddenly decided to actually give two shits about Disney Parks? They're actually going to acknowledge the fact that they've got a park in Europe. Oh I my know. god! Can you imagine the next D twenty three? They might actually announce something. There, I have put the homepage <laughs> into the chat. If you scroll down and down wow. and down, there is a DLP section <laughs> after both other resorts and the cruise line. But there's a little DLP bit. Wow! Very exciting. That is. Pr- I mean, look, it's only twenty nine years old now, right? Right. <laughs> finally, finally, the world is catching up. Um, yeah, I think. I think the plan. Um, is is for me and P Dubs to actually get together this week to record um, a DLP episode of Discovered. I hope so. We, yeah. We've got to, we've got to try and fit it in before the end of the month. Yeah. Oh God, it is almost the end of the month, isn't it? Jesus. It is. Yeah. My daughter's birthday on Saturday. So right, I've got all the presents. So I don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah. So we we need to to pick that up. But yeah, like you said, Sinead, um, it's it's reopening. Um, the Marvel Hotel opens two days later. Yeah, so that's opening uh, four days later, the 21st, I think. Oh, it's the 17th from the 21st, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's already been problems because basically you cannot get any availability to get into the parks. That's all gone. Yeah. And I've a long time. been trying for about a week now to actually get through to DLP to try and book with my annual pass. I finally managed to get through today, thankfully. 
but I've been trying to ring and it just has not been going anywhere. And if you ring just the Disneyland Paris phone line, it tells you, hi, we're closed. We're currently working on when we're going to reopen again. Chat to you soon and disconnects you. (laughs) Oh, so they've not even acknowledged on that that they have reopened and are taking bookings. I mean, so I I remember when I booked our last trip there, the Halloween one, um, where we just missed each other. That um, I can't remember if it was if I was phoning up to a new manual pass over the phone, which in itself is a performance. Oh my god, it's so painful. Oof. Never in my uh, life am I doing that. Not in the park. No, it, it, I can't remember if it was that or it was booking uh the character breakfast it was one of the two that i you know i suppose multiple times but one of these times and it took me about an hour and a half yep which i know isn't you know i've heard people say longer so i'm not saying that i've broken some kind of record just that you know that was a non-covid time and that's how long it took me to get through to speak to somebody um, the first- oh and then and then i got cut off about 10 minutes into the call of renewing my pass and I had to do the whole thing again Um, yeah I think the thing that really irks me and I'm very aware that this is probably quite and well maybe not that niche a problem it's the fact that they make you because you have to do everything over the goddamn phone Mm. I then have to one time I was booking two rooms for four people with painfully Irish names and trying to spell those out to a French person down the phone is really quite difficult yeah and in they always end up getting them wrong and it just yeah that is i hate the fact that you still have to do everything over the phone why in the name of god they can't just build a platform where you can log in and book the hotels on that is beyond me the the fact that they've gone to the extent of getting like an annual pass website um there and and everything (laughs) <laughs> to, to do all this stuff so you've got a portal that you can only access if you've got an annual pass you've got to put in your number and your, mm-hmm. your password which is you know in your little booklet thing that you get your annual pass so you've got this this website that you can only access with th- that information and yet, it exists and but if you want to book a hotel you've got to phone them it's like yeah. hang on what's the point of this website then yes yeah. <laughs> so basically no unless you want to know when your annual pass runs out that page is useless yeah yeah. Um, so we'll be talking about that. And actually, Sinead, as you're here, um, yeah. we got asked on our Twitter, our Discover DLP Twitter, um, if we could do a show um, about eating vegan at Disneyland Paris. And I said to Peter, Do you like said, legumes? Do you like cereals? Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> on a baguette? Because that's all you get. Is this, <laughs> is this eating a vegan or eating vegan? <laughs> Well, look, it's because the two very different things. Who who knows? It's France, right? Um, but I said to P Dubs, I said, "Well, number one, I think it wouldn't be a show; it would be a section." And I said, "And I'd also ask Sinead. I said, but Sinead's not vegan either, but no. she might have more of an idea.' But I, th- I think you've now the the problem on the head. I was explaining to my um, explaining to my daughter the other day. I can't remember why I was talking about. Oh, we were talking about um france and vegans for some reason i can't remember why what the conversation was but she mentioned it and i said look the last time i went there and i went to mcdonald's and i pressed a vegetarian button because that's the, the closest they had to a vegan option the vegetarian option was a salad medium chips large chips or a fillet of fish mm-hmm I said, oh, you're going to say you pressed the button and like a, a whole a hatch opened up on the floor below you. you 
it's like they are it's, it's weird like france is is quite behind the, the the times quite behind the trend when it comes to that but they've also just um had the first michelin star awarded in the, in the world for a vegan only restaurant so you mean you haven't tried the impossible escargot oh mate <laughs> bring it on bring it on um so yes so um i'm excited for the marvel hotel i won't I won't speak to you about that now, P-Dubs, because I will save that for the episode. So if you want to hear more about that, uh, there'll be a new Discover DLP, um, hopefully out by the end of this month. Um, or it'll be it'll be out the end of this month for patrons, that's for sure. When it goes public, who knows? I'll just, I'll just do it when I want. So I rule. So, you know, rock and roll. Um, but, Sinead, you didn't mention yes. that Carl's road trip is due to open then as well, isn't it? Unfortunately. What do, you, what do you mean unfortunately it looks so bad it's just a big black hole in the middle of the park we're just oh. going to ignore it it's sorry so though weird. you can you can take a picture of the characters beside the world's big the world's largest lug nut because that's what everybody wants it's so weird my favorite so thing weird. though is that this like catastrophe canyon thing even though there's still fire and everything they're framing it as oh it's okay though the dynaco truck is having a wash <laughs> i'm like oh and why is there God. fire <laughs> I say you wash cars, say you dry them, you don't use a hairdryer, you use flames. Yeah, allegedly. It's surely got to be temporary, hasn't it? Well, it can't it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's going to be it's going to be temporary in that it will be there until they replace it. So the question is how how temporary is temporary because oh, anniversary Well, I mean Hyperspace Mountain was temporary, wasn't yeah. it? That was that was the issue with with hyperspace mountain. I mean, if that's the definition of temporary, you know, it's there until it's replaced. That means carousel of progress is temporary. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if it's there until it's replaced, yeah. Yeah. No, you know, like DLP <laughs> will say stuff like this, but th- this is just an overlay. This, you know, th- they were supposed to have cleared more space. Now they were going to supposed supposed to have started building Star Wars by now. That's obviously not started construction yet. So. God only knows, but I'd imagine at some point that will go. Because if I'm if I'm right, P dubs, isn't the entrance to Arendelle or whatever they're gonna call that area? Don't you where the entrance through? is for this? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's only gonna be here for a few years until yeah. Frozen's ready. It'll be the last thing to go, I imagine. So yeah. They I mean they're not calling it a temporary attraction or anything, but it, it is gonna be. It's not going to be there long. Oh, oh, they've pretty much done the the characters that they they've just moved them from elsewhere, haven't they? Yes, they used to be outside the stunt show. Well, Lightning McQueen did, unless yeah. unless they've the only thing the only thing I will say is we don't know yet if they're animatronics. No, I come on now. Well, Lightning, they had two Lightning nah. McQueens in there because the Lightning McQueen in the actual stunt show itself was an animatronic of sorts. The one outside was just a photo opportunity, just a model. So they're describing this as a photo opportunity. Selfie spots. Okay. Fair enough. From the tram. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. Exactly. Um, I reckon they'll let you get off the tram now because there's, you know, if you think about what they've got there, they've only kept one scene. So mm-hmm. that attraction is only going to be five minutes long. If you don't do anything else, 
So I wonder if they will let you get out and have photos taken and get back on. I, I, we, it won't be long before we find out, but no one's excited. Oh, all those poor props from Pearl Harbor yeah. gone into uh, mothballs now. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mr. D, did you have anything you wanted to uh, talk about? Yeah, sure did. Um, jumping across to the West Coast. Uh, obviously, we're getting ready for um, this is June a the 4th. very global episode, isn't it? It is. We're jumping all over right. the place. I yeah. need to find something from Japan now. Please do. Right. Go or for Shanghai. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 4th of June, um, the Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure, is is going to open. And there's a couple of things. So, that isn't news, but there's a couple of things this week which have been announced. So, there's some... Uh, new merchandise that you can purchase. It's called Web Tech, and it includes a web power band that unlocks multi-fire webs aboard the raid. So it sounds like you can customize your raid experience if you buy these uh, bands, essentially. They're kind of like wrist. Uh, they clump on your wrist, I think. Um and you know you can customize them with power-ups uh, for like Spider-Man and uh, and things like that. And then also um, they've announced that uh, this raid is going to be a, a virtual queue like Rise of the Resistance, um, but and it'll work in a similar way to Rise of the Resistance. You know, but place. well, yeah, yeah, and it won't, <laughs> and it'll be down for the whole day. Yeah. Uh, like it was to, uh, today, I think. Um, but you can't apparently have uh, a boarding group for both of them at the same time. You've got to choose between one or the other. So you can't have Rise of the Resistance and Web Slingers at the I, same you time. You know what? I'm actually fine with that. Yeah. I yeah. Like that. Because yeah. the, thing, the okay. thing is, these are both... I mean, look, no one's gone on it yet. But Disney are kind of hyping this up as being a kind of e-ticket attraction in the same way that Rise of Resistance is. Yeah. And there are still lots of people that haven't had the chance to go and rise yet. Yeah. Either because it keeps breaking down or because trying to get a boarding group is just a nightmare. So I think this is a really good way mm-hmm. of narrowing that down and you know allowing people at least the opportunity to ride one of these attractions. Yeah, yeah, sure. So guests will be able to use the official Disneyland app to enter the virtual queue twice a day at 7am and at noon. Uh, you don't need to be physically in the park to snag a boarding pass. But you need your park somewhere. tickets and your theme park reservation for the day. Cool. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about this. Uh, so I was looking into this because um, I also picked up on uh, Sinead and Kate talking about this on Mickey Waffles. And um, I've got the price. So the actual, uh, I can't remember if it's the band. One, one, of the, one of the items is $35. That might be the band. Um, but to upgrade the band with a, a power-up, it's 35 Or vice versa. Essentially, it's going to cost you $65. For you to get this band and to get Ghost Rider or Iron Man or uh, I can't remember the other is is Siren one of them? Is it no? What's it? What is it? Rescue. That's the one. P Dubs, isn't it? Rescue. Yeah, that's Rescue. Pepper. Yeah, 
Is is that is that one? Yeah, I think so. There's definitely an Iron Man mm-hmm. one. You got you definitely got Spider Gwen. Oh yeah, or rescue Ghost Spider. Yeah. Um, oh, I read it as Ghost Rider, but you're correct. It is no, Ghost, it's Spider, Ghost Spider, which makes much more sense. The Iron Man ones, just to. I'm not picking you up, Sinead, because you didn't say this, but um, with Iron Man, a repulsor cannon is is something that Iron Man's had for decades. It's it's the little hand thing that he shoots the lasers from. It's amazing. I don't know what I've done. Um, I, I personally think it's a massive con. I'm not saying it's not going to improve the riding experience, so in that way it makes it a con. But what I mean is, I think to pay, you know, to 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 have to pay sixty five dollars for something to enhance the experience of the attraction, I think is is just an absolute squeeze. Do Ooh. we think? And I asked this kind of question on Mickey Waffles. Do we think they had thought of this before the pandemic, or since they've had to delay the opening and they're trying to just make some money back? No, I th- I can guarantee. That I think because of what you were talking about, Mickey Waffles, um, with regards to the uh, the Wisdom World ones, the interactive ones, mm-hmm. and also the fact that if you think about it, whilst it wasn't interactive, one of the big things they made a big fuss about when they opened Pandora was those banshees. Mm-hmm. Not your banshee, the Pandora yeah. banshees. Yeah. Okay, not not as scary. Um, and they were similar price points. So I think, and P-Dubs, I don't know if you know this, or Mr. D, if you know this, but I think the interactive ones are about $60. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think $60. so. Yeah. Maybe a bit more than that, I'm sure. I know, I know Craig, I know one of Craig's girls has got one, because I asked if we could borrow it when we went one year, and he was like, absolutely, under no circumstances, that allowed to come with us. <laughs> Which I thought was great. Um, but... Yeah, I know about $50, $60. But that's to interact with, you know, the whole wizarding world. And also, I'm not sure if it was you or Kate that said this, but ones look cool. You know, you get the little stand for them. And, you know, we got some we got some normal ones, you know, because they are just nice things to to display. Yeah. They're $55. Well, so the, the ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, unless you want yeah. the, the limited edition one, the, the year one, then they're seven two. Yeah. Um, but these things are are not they don't look like any they look like a toy. They look like the the toys you would buy from a Disney store or something when a new Spider Man film comes out and they have they sell web shooters that shoot. Literally. Out they look string. like they look like the stuff that used to come out every year for a movie that would never sell and we'd be told to mark one out of stock and use it in an event to try and push sales for it. They look terrible. Like it's not yeah. something that you would display afterwards. Do you know what I mean? It like doesn't it's different. look like anything. That's the the problem is yeah. the ones when you see a Harry Potter wand you either immediately just go, oh, it's a Harry Potter wand, or you go, oh, you've got so-and-so's wand. They're yeah. iconic, yeah. right? These things don't look like that. Yeah, because even like, I suppose you can maybe compare them to the build-your-own droids and the lightsabers and stuff like that in Galaxy's Edge as like big ticket items that go along with the land. But again, they're things that look like things out of the movie. These just I don't know, they're just weird. But the lightsabers do not enhance your Rise of the Resistance experience. No, because if anything, you're not supposed to have them out. Right. <laughs> Which is also something that 
got said to Craig once when we was at Universal Studios. But this is <laughs> like this to me is just a cash grab. Hundred percent. It is. Yeah. I don't. I, I. I honestly think you know this was the plan from the get go, or certainly during development, that we can enhance this experience, and that means we can yeah. make more money by adding a plus on. I don't think it's a, a pandemic decision. I think this has been planned from the beginning. I just don't like it. Yeah. I do um, wonder whether it was meant to be implemented later on. Right. As opposed so to. So once the ride had one. been open. Yeah. Yeah. Because they released seen... those spider bots, didn't they? And I don't think they've done very well. Mm. Yeah. Well, again, I don't know. I don't really understand what the purpose of them is. It's exactly the same as, as you say, the, the banshees. Yeah. That yeah, you, it's what, just something you've got, or or the droid that you felt. Yeah, you can't play with it in the park. No, unless they put a little bit of carpet out and call it spider. No, they're area. selling back. They're selling backpacks. Oh yeah, in. I've seen. I've seen those. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen the backpacks. Um, yeah, I just, I just think if you're building an attraction, like I, I know this is something that um, people normally say when they want to be over dramatic, right? I get that, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is the kind of thing that would have Walt turning in his grave. This is not something Walt Disney would have agreed to. He would have wanted to build a ride that people could have enjoyed, not a ride well, that we can enhance that experience by sending you some extra tap. Yeah, my guess is that. My guess, well, we'll see. But my guess is it'll be a it'll be a minor upgrade to the ride. I mean, you you know the. That's even worse. Well, it, it, it is and it isn't. So if if people, if adults go on it and they still have basically the same experience, then they'll, they'll say, okay, fair enough. But kids will pester the parents so that they can buy one of these bands. So when they go on the ride, it's it's a little bit different for them. It's a little bit customised, whatever. Well, it's gonna sh- so, for example, it kind of suggests that, you know, if you get like Spider-Man 1, you're going to have... Uh, You'll be able to shoot more webs. Yeah. So when you're when you you got a ride where you know think like a Men in Black or a Buzz Lightyear, when yeah. the idea is trying to get as many points as you can, and you can buy something that's going to help you do that. Yeah. People will do it because people are look how people speak about Men in Black. I don't hear people talk about Buzz Lightyear as as much as I do hear people talk about Men in Black. But about this, it's pretty serious in our family, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just, I just mean in general. I just mean in general. I mean, yeah. of course, like during in in families, these games always are. But there seems to be like a a much bigger kind of mini black community and scoreboards and all this kind of nonsense. But mm. the simple fact is, if if that's the idea of the game, and you can essentially buy an advantage, yeah. I just I don't. Does it teach like kids it. about real life? If you money, things will be easier for you. <laughs> yeah. There but still, I think it's, it'll be the same basic attraction. You'll still go on that attraction. If it's a good attraction, it will still be a good attraction. And then, now, if it's yeah. like if it's like Ninjago in Legoland, mm-hmm. it's an awful attraction mm-hmm. because it doesn't work properly. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be. So in that attraction, you you've got basically sensors that you kind of swipe your hand over. You don't need to touch it, but you, you like the movement of your hand over the sensor reacts to the screen. Um, and that's what they were suggesting that was the technology that was going to be. These things, obviously, you almost kind of like fire like as if you were Spider-Man or something. Yeah. So that 
in in that case if that is a difference in technology it's probably going to be a lot more enjoyable if you've got one of these things but that is not what you should be building a ride for you should be building the ride and making it great and then if you want to sell something to make it better great but well i don't think it'll be a big deal nick i think you'll go on it and you'll go yeah fine you know it'll be for kids to pass to the parents to get the money to have something that makes it sort of slightly customized for them but the adults will probably the vast majority i know what you're saying there'll be a small tiny percentage of diehards but the vast majority of people you know it's a it's a once every couple of year holiday it's one rider of all the rides so long as it's 95 percent the same experience and you, you can still enjoy the ride i, I don't think they'll care i mean it, you know, it, it, it's good in a way because, you know, if a couple of years ago, even just a couple of years ago, you'd still be buying these bands, but they wouldn't do anything like the original Harry Potter wants, just a piece of plastic, you know? So they'd still be in the gift shop. You'd be, you know, buy, buy a Spider-Man costume or Spider-Man this or Spider-Man that. Now the fact that they can actually integrate the technology into the raid a little bit, great, you know? Why not? Yeah, I think yeah, you're, you're probably right. I'm probably overthinking it, and it's probably just going to be um, diehards or um, you know suckers in general that um, might want to um, buy one of these upgrades. Um, so, Peters, which one are you buying? Iron Man. <laughs> of course, of course, you're your choice. <laughs> what else are you going to pick? Well, I mean, I'd be interested in in, uh, in you know a, a proper Spider-Man one. I want to feel like I'm Spider-Man on the Spider-Man attraction, but it does seem a bit counterproductive. I like I like Spider Gwen, so I'd probably go for Ghost Spider. I don't care what anyone thinks of me. It's just how I roll. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. We won't have long to find out. I will be um, I will be checking out videos as soon as it as one gets posted because you know there'll be one up on the 4th of June it's, it's always what happens and um, it, it, the, the French one's going to be different right not totally different but it's going to be different so I'm, I'm, I don't care I don't care about spoiling it you mean worse don't you not different uh, worse it's going to be in French so yeah. make of that what you will um, but, um, speaking of the uh, the French version is probably going to be worse have you guys seen the food guide for Avengers Campus and this, what the stuff in Pim's <laughs> test kitchen looks like <laughs> you, you know full well we're going to have the same food that was in that restaurant before it closed oh 100% yeah the thing um, I find really interesting about this restaurant so the name of it is Pim Test Kitchen featuring impossible foods and there is one one plant-based option for each like serving and i'm like are you are you taking the mic like yeah i would I have expected there to be more vegetarian and vegan options given that it's seemingly sponsored by impossible it's literally in the name <laughs> i don't i don't understand this um so again i heard so i i saw some pictures because they've released some photos of food items there right it obviously looks like a lot of fun because you've got big versions of small food and you've got small versions of big food, like that that's hilarious, right? I think we can all agree with that. Um, I didn't know about the impossible angle until you were discussing it um the other day. So yeah, I I don't and also as well, the other thing is it's California. And when I think about California, I think about LA and and health kicks and you know that there is a big vegan culture there mm-hmm. isn't there's a big thing about you know watching what you put into your body and you know they're very um health conscious 
So you would expect that that part more than any other would get this right. And yet still, it feels quite lacking. I know there are options. I mean, you know, you've just done some good episodes talking about the food options in Disney parks around the world. And because you're vegetarian, you obviously look at it completely differently uh, to Kate. Yeah. Um, so you have highlighted some of these options, but I was actually surprised when you were looking at uh, Disneyland and um, DCA, uh, the kind of lack of variety, I want to say. Like yeah. it seemed quite samey. Yeah, it's, like I... Things, you'd be screwed. Yeah, like I, I was actually quite shocked at it because I would have assumed that Disneyland would have had far more vegan and vegetarian options than Disney World. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because the website that we were using is very Disney World focused. So their menus very clearly split out the plant-based options and the vegetarian options. So I don't know if it's the website that we were using didn't, I don't know, make things clear enough or hadn't updated or like the park hadn't have reopened. So a lot of the menus hadn't been updated in a while. I'm not sure, but it definitely felt like there was a lot more variety overall in Disney World than there was in Disneyland, which was interesting. I mean, when me and P-Dubs, you know, we only went for the afternoon. And in fact, surprise, just as we talk about this, I've just uploaded the video on YouTube. I don't know if you saw that, P-Dubs. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I recorded our, our walk through into Galaxy's Edge. Before we got there, you know, we spent the morning in the studios before we started to go into Galaxy's Edge. And you'd gone and got yourself a coffee. Yeah. And I think we might have been looking for something to eat or, or we were just looking at... Yeah, we, we kind of looked around, didn't we? And we were kind of like, oh, screw this. We'll just go back to Universal and eat at Burger King. Everything... And that was because I wanted the Impossible Whopper. That's the reason why. Um, but everywhere we stopped at, like there was, there was, it, it was basically chips. I mean, there was one place we went to in, in Hollywood Studios, and they had a salad, but that salad had pulled pork. That's crazy. That's how it came. Like it didn't say you know you could add it on. It was like a pulled pork salad. It's like geez, like there was there was basically nothing. And there might have been some more stuff in Galaxy's Edge. Um, we didn't really look at the restaurant in there, did we? No, well, because we had the, the appointment at um, in the bar in the cantina. Yeah. yeah. So we were kind of working around that, and then by the time we'd done that and and done the ride a couple of times, it was kind of like, well, I suppose it's time to head back to Universal. Well, yeah, because we had to get to um, we wanted to try and make uh, stay and screen, didn't we? So you've got to get there. At yeah, some time. which we didn't. No, we didn't. But there you go. You know, two out of three wasn't bad. Um, no. But yeah, it like it, it did seem a bit lacking, and I was quite surprised because I, I again I'd assumed that because uh, vegan options started becoming more of a kind of popular thing in places that Disney World would be ahead of the curve, and they weren't. But the year after we went, it did seem to improve until it closed because of the pandemic. But there does seem to be more options available now than they were back in 2019. So oh yeah, definitely. It does. It does seem to have um, improved somewhat, but yeah. I and, and that's the thing. I don't know what's going to happen in France because we don't get impossible products. But also, there's already a restaurant where the theme is literally comically sized things the in food, that same park. The food. The food isn't though, is it? No, it's not. But oh, everything else is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's why I can understand why they're doing the same concept. Because like you say, it's it's the same idea. 
is that things are the wrong size. Um, but there you go. Brilliant. So I don't know what I'm going to do in France, but um, and also I don't think some of the food options they would bring over to France anyway. Like we've never had pretzels in France, really. Oh, you do sometimes in that uh, food festival thing that they get in the studios, and they are good. That's what I'm saying. I like generally. Yeah. But yes, there are, and you also get that stinky cheese. Oh yeah. That gooey stinky cheese. What is that about? Um, but yeah, I, I, it's it's a good indication of what you might get there. But either way, it looks fun, right? Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree on that. So um, that is that is a positive, I suppose. Um, I suppose we should also um, talk about the mask situation because that has updated since it last we last recorded. Um, we spoke about it a lot on the last episode we recorded, which was that Universal podcast. So there's not too much, you know, we don't want to kind of cover the same kind of ground, but I think just, you know, what, what they've decided to do. So you don't have to wear masks now if you're outside. Um, if you're eating and drinking, at table, you don't need to wear a mask, but if you are going inside or if you're queuing, queuing for an attraction, you do need to wear a mask. I think that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've started shutting down the, the relaxation areas as well. Some of them have already gone because you don't, you don't really need them now. Um, and some of, the, some of the extended queues and things like that, they started dismantling. They've even started taking down some of the plexiglass as well, I think. On, the, hang on, on the carousel progress? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, you said re- relaxation area, I didn't... Oh, right. Yeah, Hall of Presidents. <laughs> All right. Well, it's about time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah. To me, I mean, like I said, we're not going to talk about whether we think it's the right thing to do or not. But what I think is interesting is the fact that they are removing these things as quickly as they are. Yeah. The mask things I, I get, right? I, I do understand the relaxation of the rules that have been put in place. I, I understand that. But I think removing all this stuff now is, is quite sudden because what happens if there is another spike? You're going to have to put it all back again. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's a bit weird to me, but you know, um, I know people are obviously quite elated um, that they can walk out around now in the heat without wearing a mask all the time. So um, you know, it's good. I uh, mm-hmm. don't know what the vaccine rollout is is like in America at the moment. Obviously, they were doing really well, but I don't know if that's still the same. I think they're a couple of percent ahead of us. Okay, which is um, impressive because you know it's it obviously their numbers are much bigger than ours uh in terms of population so that that is uh that is good i, I know there was a trend for people not getting their second vaccines uh, so that, that's still the case but uh it's good it's rolling out i think i'm just i'm just concerned of other variants now it, it you know it looks like the variant that we are kind of having in this country now that's come from india is being um covered by the vaccines that we've already got which is obviously a positive, but what happens if there's another mutation and where does that happen? And what if it's America or what if it's here? What happens then? So I just, I just don't, cause when I don't feel that we're completely out of woods yet, I think it's a little bit fast to start removing all traces of what's been going on. But, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they're ahead of the curve. Maybe 
um you know they know something we don't yeah so was there any mm-hmm. other news from inside the yeah box? there is yeah yeah there is so we talked about the um merchandise at uh web slingers being a, a bit of a cash grab well there's another big cash grab um being announced in this last week bit of a shocker really nobody saw this one coming but um duffy's coming back hmm? duffy's Duffy. coming back yeah, that, that was the cash grab. Nobody wanted to buy it, so you're not going to make much cash on that. No, um, Disney announced that they're going to convert one of the buildings at the Grand Floridian to uh, DVC Studios. So um, Building 9, which is the big pine key building, is going to be given over to DVC. So there already is a DVC building there. But but there's a limited amount of accommodations. This is going to add 200 uh, deluxe studios. Um, So it's going to significantly expand the number of DVC properties or uh, accommodations at the Grand Floridian. Um, There's a couple of interesting things about this. I mean, it's happening really fast. They're going to start the refurbishment spring next year, but it's actually going to open later next year. So it's all going to happen in 2022. Um, obviously they're all going to be studios so the, the, the change from a regular hotel room to a studio is, is fairly minor um, so that's, that's why they can do that the studios are going to sleep five so if it's the same as, as the other studios that sleep five then it'll be a, it'll be a queen size bed it'll be a, a sleeper sofa double sleeper sofa and then it'll be a single what they call a Murphy bed which, which pulls down from the wall um, but it's kind of interesting, really, because um, it raises a couple of concerns. They've already said that it's going to be added to the existing condominium association that they've got for the Grand Floridian. But that raises a couple of questions. So um, what will the cost be? Will, be? will be one question, especially in relation to Riviera that they're still selling. Um, if it's part of the current package, so if they add it to the existing DVC that's there, will it have the same expiration date as the current one? And and more importantly, will then it not have the resale restrictions that they've put on Riviera? That would be really odd. It, 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 I've heard various opinions that say if you add it to the current condominium association, as they've as they've said they will. That would make it difficult for them to then impose the resale restrictions that they've put on Riviera. So it's some some really interesting things going on there. If you're into DVC and you're interested in DVC, um, because it would be odd if they were selling Riviera with the resale restrictions, which basically mean if you buy Riviera from from Disney direct, you can use your points in Riviera, but also any of the other DVCs. But if you then resell that contract, whoever buys it can only use the points at Riviera, right? So if they've got that on sale, but then at the same time, they've got the Grand Floridian Villas, which are unrestricted. So you can use the points anywhere, even if you resell the contract, that that would be very, very interesting. It kind of suggests that the resale restrictions aren't having the desired effect. And then the question would be, would you ever reverse those restrictions? So if you're into DVC, it, it, 
it raises a couple of interesting points, but that was a bit of a shocker. Nobody saw that one coming, but that that'll be a pure. I mean, that's just a lot of money. They they will sell those things really quickly. The demand for the Grand Floridian is very very high. Those will sell up very quickly, and they will generate a lot of cash for Disney. Yeah, just spend a, a lot of capital. Yeah, uh, and just a plug. I'm sure that'll be something that gets covered on a future episode of the Brits Guide to DVC that's also on this network. So yeah, don't sure will. It's in the show notes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's as you say, it was it was a shock. We didn't see it coming. Mm. Um, there was no normally with these kind of things. There's a few rumors, isn't there? Yep. rumblings but there was nothing this came just like a bolt out of the sky um well yeah and it was doubly doubly surprising because there's been some activity recently they were gonna build reflections near wilderness lodge um but they've actually dismantled the construction site recently and wow. that's all gone on well it's either been cancelled or it's gone on long-term hold so the thinking was well there's not going to be another another DVC at Walt Disney World anytime soon. And also, Riviera doesn't seem to be selling as well as, as they would hope. Um, and then, whammo, um, out comes this one. So, yeah, it was a bit of a shocker. Well, you know, I was really struggling what to call this episode, but you just said whammo, which I haven't heard whammo. in years. So I think, <laughs> uh, I think this might be the whammo special. Um I, I personally think reflections will happen, but I do think, yeah, I think you're probably right and it will be obviously delayed by somewhat, probably because of what's going on. But I think if the demand is still there, and I think, as you say, there, there does seem to be an interest in the grand flow anyway. So these will probably sell quite quickly. And I think depending on what the demand is, how many people are desperate to buy DVC will be how quickly that starts again. Because currently at, at the Grand Flow, unless you're unless that's your home resort, so you get early booking privileges, you can book at 11 months out, unless you've got a home, you know, that's your home resort, you will really struggle to book DVC at the Grand Flow. Right. For most of the year. So this will... So that kind of shows it's a relatively small DVC resort and it's very popular. And this is going to significantly increase um, the uh, the capacity there. Also, the units that they have got, uh, the studios are actually, can be combined with the one beds to make a two bed. So that kind of reduces the available studios as well. If somebody wants a two bed, then that's a studio gone yeah. to make up that two bed. Whereas these are going to be 200 dedicated studios so which is the most popular room type for dvc so uh, it will really um it will really kind of you know improve the the availability not just for the people who own there as a home resort but for anybody that's got dvc membership hopefully yeah Mm -hmm. interesting stuff yeah and thank you for reminding me of it because the problem is sometimes is that when we recall these, if a new story happens just after the last episode, it's trying to remember that we haven't talked about it already. Sure. <laughs> I mean, this is something we definitely should have been talking about. So, yeah, well, we'll keep an eye on that and and what happens after, I suppose. Yeah. Um, any other park news? No, not significant. No. 
Cool. In that case, let's go and have a look at what's going on outside of the parks. Let's get down to business to start planning that Disney trip. I'm Wendy Prater and Magical Journeys Travel here, proud sponsor at the Disney Parks and Beyond podcast. I specialize in all things Disney, Universal, and all major cruise lines. Disney cruises are spectacular, but you've got to book early to get the best pricing and stateroom selection. I offer generous onboard credits and take care of all your planning. Interested in Disney World, Disneyland, or Disneyland Paris? I can help with every bit of the planning process, including dining and fast passes. Find me on the Twitters at WP Magic Journeys or email me at Wendy Prater at MagicalJourneysTravel.com. I make the plans, you make the memories. A few things. Uh, one that Craig has asked me to talk about. And when I say Craig has asked me to talk about this, what he's done is he said he wanted to talk about this then couldn't make this a call. So then I said, okay, well, you, if you send me what you want to talk about, I'll talk about it. And then the lazy git didn't even do that. So don't worry, Craig, I've figured it out. You'll, you'll get it. Um, but as we recorded this today, this was the day that the trailer for The Eternals came out. Now, I was quite surprised because I assumed this was going to be a biopic about the uh, the 90s girl band that everyone loved for five years and I never thought about again. Um, but Would it no, be up until Louise quit? Or uh, look, That's where my... Well, see, this is the thing, right? I was most interested in Eternal when Louise was in the band because obviously I fancied her. But if you look at their discography the best tracks came from after she left and had her own solo career. So, you know, it's, it's a hard one. It's a hard one because, because they were, they were definitely better after Louise left, but then Louise wasn't in the band. So it's, 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 it's hard anyway. So trainers trailer for the Eternals dropped today and it's not about the, the girl band, which anyone in America listening now, which is about 80% of our audience is now either Googling or just rolling their eyes. Uh, what we're talking about because they never broke America but did everyone see the trailer has anyone seen the trailer I haven't no okay P-Dubs has Mr. D have you seen it sorry no no that's cool um I I don't know what to make of it P-Dubs if I'm honest um I like the look of it I think it's a great cast yeah um I'm really looking forward to seeing Angelina Jolie playing a superhero for once but I have a horrible feeling they're going to kill her off. Uh, it'll be a one and done. Um, and have you I not like... seen Maleficent? Yeah. It's technically a superhero. That's well, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, it seems like it has some good comedy to it, which I wasn't expecting. I wasn't. I was expecting it to be like this big, epic, godlike. Well, superhero to, film. To, to but be fair. It's not... To be fair, they dropped a comedy bit in right at the end of the trailer. Until yeah, that bit, did. it seemed extremely serious. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I like the cast. Um, I know literally nothing about the characters. We were going to go and see that thing at Hollywood Studios while we were there. <laughs> Who, who'd have thought two years down the line and it still isn't out? Um, what was it? They had, there was the, they had that exhibition, didn't they? In the, Are you in, sure it wasn't about Maleficent? Are you getting your no, Angelina Jolie's? Was it about no, Eternals? It was, oh. yeah, it was Eternals because it wasn't long after they'd announced that. Um, oh, you know what? You're right because, well, if you think about when we were there, it would have been about a year before yeah. the film was coming out. 
not so they were filming it at years. the time yeah yeah um so yeah i still know absolutely nothing about it really um, yeah the trailer teaches you other than the fact that they are obviously eternal yeah um other than that you you don't seem to know anything about what no. this film is going to be about and the tone of it uh, compared to a lot of marvel things uh is quite serious i think yeah. Certainly, certainly felt more serious. As I said, they threw a comedy bit in right at the end of the trailer. But until that point, it did seem quite serious. I wouldn't say it necessarily looked that action-packed either. No. Um, so I thought it was, a, it was um, a bit of a strange tone. And actually, I think the lineup this year is a bit weird. Because Black Widow, obviously, it's, it's going to be Black Widow, right? We know what to expect yeah. of that. It's going to be quite a traditional film. But um, with this and... Um, Shang-Chi, they both do not look like your standard Marvel films, which I think is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Because I think if you just love Marvel films of being, you know, very similar kind of films, these films don't really fit into that category. But also, are they going to be too different to alienate other people? Yeah, I think they might, they've got to be banking on the fact that they've got Spider Man in the can. Yeah. Oh, well, and also Black Widow. Both of those. You know, yeah. Black, the thing is, it's a good it's a good bookend. You go, you got a traditional yeah. Marvel film at one end, you know, another traditional Marvel film at the other end, and then you know, in between that, you've got both of these um, films that are going to be slightly different to the usual kind of Marvel fare. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. I think the cast looks great. Um, I love Camille Nanjani, so to see him in a film like this is going to be interesting as a as a kind of bulked up hero as well. Like he he put yeah. on quite a bit of muscle for this film, yeah. Um, and yeah, the cast in general uh, are, are pretty good. So um, I'm interested in seeing it, but I just I kind of watched it. I was like, I don't understand what this all means. No, so that's that's uh, that's interesting. Um, Yes, I thought we'd, we'd, we'd discuss that. Um, did anyone else have anything they wanted to uh, to run through? I'm taking a silence. Nothing for me. No. Um, oh, we've got Coretta coming out this week, haven't we? Yeah. Comes out this Friday, as we record this episode. Yeah, premiered in, in Hollywood last week. Yes. Uh, early reviews have been uh, good. Yeah, very good. Um, seems to be yeah, they're very talking good about a sequel, aren't they? Mm. Well, well, I mean, I don't know how it's going to re- but yeah, you just know it's going to be a retelling of 101 Dalmatians again. You would think so. That you point. would think there's there's much time between that, this film, and when 101 Dalmatians would have been no. set. So you probably I've got right. six showings of Cruella in Nottingham across two cinemas. Hmm. So I will good say because we've got um, obviously our cinemas have just opened up in uh, in England. Um, I don't think they've opened up in Scotland or Wales yet, though. And I'm assuming Sinead Island's the same. Oh no! Yeah, we actively got sent an email from Cineworld the other day saying, "Hi, yeah, no, we're not opening yet," because <laughs> I think they sent out their marketing emails to everybody, right. um, and forgot to the fact that they weren't opening everywhere but yeah i got sent an email being like oh no we're staying closed my favorite one was i got 
uh, an advert because I'm, uh, you know, because I like Cineworld on Facebook or whatever. Um, they run an advert saying, you know, our cinemas are back open and, uh, you know, our unlimited card is back and it's actually better value than ever. I was like, oh, hello, this is interesting. So what they've done now um, is they've banded. I think there's three bands. There's like an A band, a B band and a C band. And before it used to be two bands. It used to be um, England and England plus London. That was it essentially so if you wanted to go to the london cinemas you had to pay a few quid more a month to be able right, to access yeah. those because traditionally they are more expensive cinemas mm-hmm. so they've now split into three so actually my cinema uh, fits into band b so um my uh, monthly costs actually went up 75p nice i was like well that's bad marketing isn't it don't tell me something value. cheaper and in, and in charge me more um but if i pay for my pass up front um, via work then it's it works out the same as it what it was pre-pandemic so i'm mm. picking my moment because at the moment um there's still not enough new things out that i want to see um yeah. so corella's coming out um a quiet place too that's the first film that i'm i'm actively interested in seeing at the yeah, same coming out mm. so um i'll probably get it for that which is the beginning of june um yeah. But that's why I haven't jumped on board just yet. But if you go at the moment, you can see uh, Ray and the Last Dragon and um, there's something else. I'm sure there's another Disney film that's out at the moment as Cruella. well. Cruella? No, no, because that's not out yet. That comes out this week. So, yeah. it's Soul out. I, I want to say so, but I'm, I'm sure it wasn't. I know there's a few films that they've they've re-released because they didn't have long enough cinema runs or the cinemas were closed when they first... Um, came out but and peter rabbit too yeah you know make your own decisions on on that one but that's out as well um but yeah i asked my daughter about corella because she's trying to work out whether to buy it on premium access or not and she said i think it's a little bit grown up for me daddy so uh she saw the trailer not that she wasn't impressed but i think she thought it was the the tone of it was not uh not set for her so that'll be uh that'll be interesting but uh, mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to seeing it yeah, but I think too. I'm going to see it at home. I don't think I'm going to uh, go to cinema to see it. I think I'll I'll see it here on on Plus. Um, it looks like it is on on. Uh, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Every Man Not Cineworld, but it looks like it's uh, it's on this week. Oh yeah, no, I think it comes out twenty eighth, maybe. Yeah, yeah, 28th, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? Craig wanted me to talk about, and I apologise to our American listeners because it doesn't really affect you, but um, this is about Star, which is, I suppose, our equivalent to having like Hulu built into Disney+. Plus. So it's where we get more of the adult content that we wouldn't have had access to before. Um, so, yeah, you guys have Hulu, we have Star, as does most of Europe. Um, but the reason we're talking about it is because we had in the UK a Fox TV channel. Not the same as Fox in America. This was owned by the same group and had some of the same programming, but not everything. Um, But it's been going for about 17 years and it is uh, they just announced it's closing on the Sky TV platform. Um, And most of the content will be coming over to Disney+. And the one that... um, is is making Craig the most happy um, is The Walking Dead, 
So we're getting The Walking Dead on Star by Disney Plus. Um, that's going to start in July. And uh, the final season will start on the 23rd of August, which is a day after America gets it. So he's very excited about that. What I don't understand, and P-Dubs, I don't know if you know anything about this. So I don't know what your knowledge is of The Walking Dead, but I gave up quite early doors. But <laughs> why are we getting it on Star? Uh, it's because of the contract that AMC had with Fox. Um, right. I believe Fox have to show it somewhere. Okay. Um, so they just took the decision that they'd just put it on Star. How long it will stay there, I don't know. Um, yeah. I would imagine they've got a long-term contract, but it won't be there indefinitely. Yeah, that, that, that's the that's that's why I was asking that question because, like, to me, it didn't clock at first, but then I suddenly thought, hang on a second, it's not a Fox show. No, in America, it's an AMC show, and I thought unless Fox make it and i thought i don't think fox make it i'm sure amc make it yeah um so why is it there but yeah that obviously that obviously makes sense so it's kind of contractual obligations yeah there, i think so really. yeah i mean it could be that it might stay because you know if the whole purpose of the fox channel closing down to move everything over to star then as you know depending on how long they had the rights to the walking dead for i suppose they'll they'll stay on star yeah but you know, that could be two years, 10 years, 20 years, or six months. Who knows? Um, so a couple of other shows that that means that will be coming over to start is The Orville, which is, uh, that is a show that's on Fox in America. That's the Seth MacFarlane uh, sci-fi series, which are quite fancy, but I never, I don't know, who got it in the UK? Was it just I think it, it possibly was on Fox. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it wasn't. I, I know it was on Fox, but I don't know if it was anywhere else. But either way, I, I never got to see it. So now it's coming to Star. I'll probably give that a watch, actually, because that'd be easy to watch. Um, but this press release also says other Fox UK shows moving include War of the Worlds, Family Guy, American Dad, and Atlanta. War of Which the are all already on there. Yeah. Well, three of those are already on there. Yeah. Um, War of the Worlds. I think the BBC showed that last year, Mister Day. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's just like a sort of two or three part. Yes, but yeah. there's a second. There's a there's a, there's a new season of it coming up. Oh, is it? Okay. As far as I know, was, I thought it was pretty naff. A lot of people that it was a, it was a sequel, wasn't it? No, it was set. I, af- so. I thought it was set afterwards. No, it was. Um, well, it 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 finished. It finished afterwards, so there was a there was a kind of um, it, it was slightly different from the book. Um, it was a slightly different take on things, but it was it was the War of the Worlds story. So the main character is the journalist from War of the Worlds, um, but they they changed a few things to try and I don't know bring it more up to date or whatever. But I thought it was pretty disappointing really I was, lo- I was looking forward to it because there's never been a good version of the original book like the what about 1950s well yeah I mean it's pretty good and so even the 1950s one is is a pretty good movie but they don't tell the original story it's not set in Victorian Britain right what about Jeff Lynn's 
Jeff Lynch. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Wine, sorry. Oh, Jeff. Yeah, well, that's fine, but that's not a movie, so that's okay. I saw it on stage. Um, yeah, I went to the interactive experience in London. That was oh, kind of funky. Yeah, that's right. You did the VR one, didn't you? When yeah. Talking yeah. About it. yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, I was really forward to it. I thought, oh, right, okay, somebody's going to make an actual version of the book, an authentic version of the book. But it wasn't. They changed quite a lot. In it. I just thought it was a bit naff, really. Some some good ideas. Um, so, okay, will they make a second series? I'll give it a go. I'll watch it. Apparently, it, it doesn't say in his press release there is, but I'm sure I read somewhere else that there is a second season mm. of it being being made. I mean, again, it's yeah. not really a season if it's only a few episodes, is it? But yeah. hey ho. Yeah. Um, but it just cracked me up that they were like, yeah, Family Guy, American Dad, Atlanta, all coming to Star. I'm like, they've been on Star since day one. <laughs> I mean, everyone should be watching Atlanta anyway, but regardless. Um, so I thought that was quite funny. Um, but there are. There are other shows that Fox uh, shows in the UK which aren't in this press release, such as Always Sunny. Yeah. Which I'm assuming, because they've already got a deal with Netflix for streaming, that's probably where that's going to land. Or so yeah. continue to be. It probably won't move over to Star. Yeah, I would assume so, until that deal runs out. Yeah. I mean, to American listeners, effectively, the Fox channel in the UK, even though it's called Fox, is more like FX nearly all of the FX shows were on the Fox channel. So it was more like and more akin to that than it was the actual Fox channel that you get. It's all very confusing, but this is why we should all have the same TV and then it wouldn't get confusing, would it? There you go. Um, yeah, I don't think there's there's much new on the horizon for Disney Plus either, is there? No. Not seen too much. I know um, MODOK launched last weekend. Yeah, which is Hulu in America, but is uh, Disney Plus in the UK. But we're getting it weekly. Yeah, uh, Hulu dropped all ten episodes at once. So, I've not watched the first one yet because I wanted to have a few to binge, and I've heard the first one's not particularly good. So I'm hoping it picks up because it looked the trailers might look really good. Yeah, it's just a shame it didn't turn out to be what it was meant to be. Uh, uh, which was meant to be the whole big trilogy or four films I think it was, uh, four series that were all meant to come together at the end what? MODOK? yeah MODOK was part of the the thing that Kevin Smith was doing with Howard the Dark oh sorry yes 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 yeah what Donald Glover was writing something as well wasn't he? Didn't he have a Marvel yes. show that was in the what? Yeah, as well I believe that, that was. Oh, he was doing Deadpool. Was oh yeah, De- Deadpool, Deadpool wasn't, wasn't part of this, but I, I think oh, right. he was writing something else as well. Um, but mm. yeah, originally he was doing Deadpool. He was gonna he was gonna play him as well. Um, but this was Hit Monkey. I think was part of this as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I can't oh. remember what the fourth series was, but yeah, it was meant to be Modok, Howard the Duck, Hit Monkey, and, and someone else. Yeah. Um, that was going to team up, but yeah, that all got scrapped once uh, Kevin Feige took everything in house again. Mm. Donald Glover, there's another man that I would. I'm really, I'm going to have to question myself after this. Thinking, I've been, I've been talking to people about Pride Month too much, getting really excited for it. It's making me question myself. A little um, bit too excited. 
yeah, exactly. Just like Donald Glover's just great. Um, oh, I was going to talk. There was something else. I'm just thinking about Donald Glover's just throwing me off what I was going to. I was going to talk about actually. There was there was something else that I remembered, but god damn it, can't have been that important. Otherwise, I'd have remembered, right? Oh yes, I have just remembered it. Um, and P Dub, you might be able to explain this a bit more. Why is Agents of Shield no longer canon? Um, because it wasn't written by Kevin Feige. Fine. He had nothing to do with it, and they've basically just gone, yeah, that's just a different universe. Um, there has been talk that it, it might get semi-rebooted, and some of the characters might make an appearance somewhere along the line. Um, right. But in terms of that, Coulson sadly is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, we haven't got long now. Loki's in a couple of weeks, so that's at least something new and exciting coming to, uh, to Disney Plus. Yeah. So uh, I am, I am looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I know, I know there were a lot of people that love Shield and like the fact it was all kind of integrated. And now it's uh, yeah, it's it not... kind of it kind of got to the point after about three seasons where they basically just scrapped any continuity. The thing with is, the films. It was it was really ambitious. Like I remember yeah. when they first announced it, and they were like, "Oh yeah, this is going to tie into the films," and I thought, "Well, that's going to be quite hard to do." And I know yeah. there were some some crossovers, but it was very kind of yeah muted, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, they they had a couple of episodes. Obviously, Samuel L. Jackson made an appearance. Um, Lady Sif was in an episode or two. I think she came back later on as well. Um, and then they kind of tied in some of the like the mid-season finales with the films, but never specifically kind of went in depth with it. Um, it was kind of a, a passing reference. Mm. And then the whole of the last season, they they weren't even well. Last couple of seasons, they weren't affected by Thanos or anything. <laughs> so, quite clearly, had nothing to do with the films by that point. No. Uh, well, in that case, there's just one other thing that I think we should mention, uh, and we should all take off our cowboy hats uh, in solidarity at Dave Filoni being uh, announced as a create executive creative director at Lucasfilm. It's about time he should be in charge. That's what I was going to say. Just just promote him to the top. No, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not. It, it's a nice promotion, but let's just just give him the top seat. Sod it. He's doing well yeah. enough. But it's good because the thing is, uh, joking aside, the fact that he's been given this executive position does now mean that they obviously value him. Yeah. Uh, Want to keep him sweet. And I think that will lead the way to moving up. So, yeah, thought that was uh, good news. And yeah. uh, if you like to listen to me and Craig uh chat crap all over episodes of the mandalorian uh there's a podcast for you on patreon where we do just that i don't know whether it's any good or not it's just me and craig talking over an episode of the mandalorian but uh it's a watch along of sorts but there you go um right is there anything else i think so not for me cool 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 well um, we'll wrap this episode up in that case so thank you all uh, for joining me thank you of course dear listener for listening 
Um, if you haven't, please like, rate, subscribe. Uh, what's the new thing they do on Apple now? Follow. Follow, I think. Follow. Yeah, follow us on, on your app of choice if you want to do that. Uh, I don't think I like you subscribing anymore. Um, we will be back in a couple of weeks. In between time, though, do follow us on social media because um, we're going to do a, uh, a video uh, kind of event thing where we're going to talk about Disney Cruise Lines in the UK and what we did or didn't do with regards to disney cruise lines in the uk when they had their cruise at home thing because we haven't really discussed it on the podcast so we're going to discuss that separately so keep your eyes out on social media we'll tell you when we're going to go and do that live uh video and you can uh you'll be able to interact ask questions that kind of thing i'll figure out a way of doing it and uh we'll see you in a few weeks cheerio bye see ya This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.